And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, senores y senores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. It is episode 11 of season 5 coming to you live right now. And by live, I mean when we are recording this from, well, basically my living room and wherever Cody is recording as well. But this in every episode of the NAI Ball Podcast is brought to you by Off Speed Athletics. We are absolutely thrilled to have you here with us. I'm your host as always, well, for the last five seasons, Robbie Gutierrez at RobG1063. If you want to get at me on Twitter, of course, you can follow NAI Ball at NAI Ball on Twitter and Instagram and across just about every major platform that there is, especially uh, things like TikTok. We have Snapchat. I mean, there are multiple platforms, multiple ways for you to get your NAI Ball coverage, but the best way to get it is via Twitter and Instagram for all of your new stat scores and information 24-7, 365 days a year. We do not rest. We do not stop. We do not sleep. Just with this show, I mean, there's about four or five hours of prep work that just go into this week's show, which is we're trying to do in less than an hour. We made you sit with us for over 100 minutes last week, and we're trying to get you less than an hour this week. And that in itself is about four or five hours of prep work between Cody and I on a weekly basis. So we put everything into this show, and we are absolutely thrilled to have you all here once again with us. And we cannot thank you enough, and we cannot thank enough somebody who has bought into the brand, our friends and the title sponsor of the podcast, Off Speed Athletics. And when it comes to building the brand, there's nobody better than our friends over at Off Speed Athletics. Off-Speed Athletics can provide your program with high-quality sublimated uniforms and apparel for your youth, high school, and collegiate team. Anything you need, Off-Speed Athletics. Anthony over at Off-Speed Athletics, you, you should be reaching out to him, okay? Practice gear, all right? They, they love those short-sleeve hoodies, perfect for the summer. Your team's in the south, your team's out west. You know, they're, they're absolutely fantastic. Hoodies, anything you need, jerseys, pants. Anthony over at Off-Speed Athletics can help you and get it done Right, that's right. Off-speed athletics for every single uniform need. Do us a favor if you haven't done it. You know, you should have already done it by now. But if you haven't done it, check them out and visit their work on their website. That's www.offspeedathletics.com. www.offspeedathletics.com. As well, give them a follow on Twitter and Instagram at offspeedath. Support the people who support the show, who buy into the program, who buy into NAI Ball. They are clearly invested in what we're doing here, so we need to support them as well. Off Speed Athletics, reach out to Anthony, give him a call. If you need his contact information, reach out to us and we'll get it to you. Off Speed Athletics, the official title sponsor of the NAI Ball podcast. Cody, it is another week and another big week here for us. Some of what we'll get into this week is shout outs and mentions. We can review. We've got our fifth edition of 10 to Lewiston and the NAI ball podcast hitter, pitcher, and team of the week brought to you by Pitch Pro games and series to watch, big series of the week, quick picks. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some of the MLB players that played NAI baseball and how they did this week in opening weekend. But Cody was opening weekend in the MLB. You're a Braves fan. I'm an Astros fan. It was a good weekend for me as the Astros take three of four uh, from Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, who, you know, have just kind of rotted there in LA. The Braves, how did they do? Uh, the Braves went two and two. They split. Uh, it wasn't their best performance. 
But, you know, I'm not tripping on it. I'm just glad baseball is back. I'm able to watch baseball as we record this show again. That's always fun. The Rockies and the Rangers are playing right now in a pretty good game, 3-2 to two in the 7th. But uh, I'm just glad baseball is back, man. I am uh, blacked out from that game, so I'm watching the Red Sox and the Tigers as we speak. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled it's back as as well. I, I enjoyed it. It's actually today when we're recording this, it's an Astros off day, so I'm actually dying on the inside. But back at it tomorrow uh, at 8.30 in Arizona, so I'm looking forward to that, man. It has been absolutely fantastic as well. MLB The Show for you came out. Uh, have you touched it at all? I may have picked up the controller once or twice. <laughs> I mean, once I'm not <laughs> I might have checked in a little bit. Yeah, I played uh, the show. I've actually been playing a, quite a lot, you know, for me, for at least for me. I don't, you know, I'm not actually, as you know, Robbie, I don't play many video games, but when I find one game I like, like FIFA or MLB The Show, I can, you know, I can get into it pretty heavy. Uh, my team's not that good. I didn't pre-order it this year. It's like I have the last few years. So I'm rocking all golds right now, basically. But uh, it's fun. It's fun to grind again. It's actually the first time I've picked it up since last summer. So it's been a nice little fun thing to do. Uh, you know, during the pandemic, when we really couldn't go anywhere, and I know you know this because at that time you had a PlayStation, you were in the party with us a ton. But during the pandemic, I played a lot of 2K uh, with my friends from uh, PSN. We're all spread out across the country, uh, you know, Tennessee, Dominican Republic, uh, Detroit. One of them actually here in McAllen with me. You know, we were all, all of us uh, spread out, Philadelphia. Uh, and we played a lot of 2K and one season got got really high up there. But I just do not enjoy 2K as much as I love MLB The Show. It's basically the only game I buy every single year. And, and the PS5 just kind of rots until the, the, the show comes out. And that's the only, the only game I play, man. So I'm super excited, as you know, because it's been a, a, a big talking point for us, you know, the last week. MLB The Show, um, super excited about that. But let's get into shout outs. And mentions and a shout out to some of the guys who deserve it after a big week last week. And we'll start it off with some congratulations to the head coach of Bellevue University, head baseball coach Dwayne Monlux on his 700th career win. Congratulations to you, Dwayne. Much deserved. A shout out to Mount Vernon Nazarene's Jake Glover, who was named the Crossroads Player of the Week after a double three home run and 13 RBI performance. He also hit a walk-off RBI single in a conference win over St. Francis, Indiana. Culver Stockton shortstop Andrew Fay went seven for 13 with two doubles and three home runs at the plate and threw two innings pitch, no runs, three Ks on the mound this week. Fay, an everyday shortstop, hitting 389 with four triples, eight home runs, and 28 RBIs on the year for Culver Stockton. Arizona Christian's Eli Elliott threw a complete game shutout in the conference win over Menlo. Second week in a row, Elliott has gone CG in conference play. Columbia's Indy Stanley went 8-for-12 with two doubles, three home runs, and 10 RBIs in the conference sweep over Harris-Stowe State. Valley City State's David Demeter went two doubles, two home runs, eight RBIs this weekend. He's hitting 415 this season with 10 bombs and 35 steak sandwiches. West Virginia Tech starting pitcher Logan McClure threw a two-hit complete game shutout in conference play and went over IU Kokomo, second CG in a row for McClure. Jamestown's Luke Shekurek went three for three with three home runs and the win over Concordia, Nebraska on Saturday. St. Xavier's Jimmy Smith went 16 for 29 this week with 16 runs, two doubles, triple, a home run, eight RBIs, and 11 stolen bases for St. Xavier's Jimmy Smith. 
Iowa Wesleyan's Luis Ayesa struck out 14 in a seven-inning complete game shutout win over Mount Mercy. York sophomore Ian Heck went five for 14 with four home runs and eight RBIs this week. Thomas Moore's Landon Scott threw a CG shutout with nine strikeouts in a conference win over Campbellsville. Montreat leadoff hitter Norman Kelly went five for nine this week with three home runs, four RBIs, and three walks in a conference sweep over St. Andrews. It's a big win there for the Cavs of Montreat. Peru State's Jesus Tavares went eight for 14 with two doubles, three home runs, and eight RBIs in a series win over Graceland. Georgetown starting pitcher Johan Castillo went eight innings pitched, two hits, no runs, no walks, 10 chairs thrown in a conference win over Pikeville. And then Loyola third baseman Alan Dennis finished the week with four home runs, 11 RBIs. He hit three bombs in a midweek victory over NCAA Division II Spring Hill. So, Cody, definitely a big week for the shout-outs and for the mentions as well. I also want to give a shout-out to 11 unranked teams that took a game off the top 25 teams this week, including four in the top 10. Point upset Tennessee Wesleyan. Uh, Jarvis was able to take a game off LSU Shreveport. William Jessup took two games off Vanguard, and Mount Mercy took a game off Central Methodist. Again, that's four in the top 10. 11 in the top 25 dropped a game this weekend to unranked opponents. Really big week for the unranked teams to get some wins in against top 25 squads. Some of them, you know, just picking up big wins, like Cody said, against top 10 teams. Definitely something to keep an eye on further as the top 25 gets ready to come out here next week from the NAI coaches poll there and what the Raiders will have. Let's take a look, Cody, at our week in review. And the first series that we're going to take a look at is IUS versus Point Park. And IUS wins the series two games to one versus Point Park in one of the, you know, what has recently been one of the best rivalries in all of NAI baseball, not just the River States Conference, all of NAI baseball. But IUS wins the series going 2-0 on the first day, 6-5 and 5-3, both in favor of the Grenadiers. But today, Point Park came out and dominated Game 3, 12-5 win for Point Park. Give us a rundown of this week. Yeah, once again, these two teams absolutely deliver. Uh, they are the two top programs in the conference and uh, played out that way on the field. Game 1, IUS won 6-5 on a walk-off home run by catcher Brody Tanksley. Uh, let's start it out. Hunter Clucky, their ace. Six innings pitched, one run, 13 Ks. Gem of a performance, 13 punch-outs in six innings. He left the game with a 4-1 to lead. Point Park was able to get to the bullpen. Jared Campbell, the center fielder, he tied the game in the ninth inning with a two-out, two-RBI single, but that turned it over to the two, three, four hitters for the Grenadiers, and Brody Tanksley called game. Absolutely crushed the ball. Brody is hitting 375 this season with nine home runs and 36 driven in. In game two, IUS won 5-3. to IUS struck for three runs in the first inning on three hits and an error. They led the entire rest of the way. Ben Berenda had an RBI single in both the first inning and the fifth inning. Lane Osterling pitched four innings with two earned and five Ks. Two close games, three-run differential, but IUS caught the sweep on day one, like you said, and they were able to clinch a huge series win. Big bounce-back performance from Point Park during game three, and we'll tell you why that's huge in a second. Point Park jumped out to a 6-1 to lead in the second inning, never looked back. The one-hole, three-hole, and four-hole combined for eight RBIs on the day. Ed Fluger homered and finished with four RBIs. Leo Diaz closed the door in, in a much better effort in game three than game one. IUS won the series two to one. They're tied for first place 
12 and 3. Obviously, IUS has the tiebreaker, but there's still two conference series apiece left for both of these teams. Both of these teams got to play Kokomo. Kokomo's a good club. Uh, really interested to see how it finishes out with both of them tied at 12 and 3. Yeah, that'll be something to keep an eye on uh, how it finishes out. You know, it, it's going to be, ser- you know, something to watch. The RSC is, is going to be a conference to, to keep an eye on. Uh, down the stretch here as as we get closer and closer to bid time, Cody, not just bid time. We get closer and closer to figuring out who's going to host, who's on the bubble, uh, and who needs to be worried. What teams from, from big conferences need to be worried about, smaller conferences or, or conferences with two bids having a Cinderella story run through. And the RSC is going to be one that, that's going to be interesting to watch down the stretch. It's one of the really good conferences to, to keep an eye on that's usually got a close race. Um, this is just such a great rivalry uh, between IUS and Point Park, especially more recently than than not. And and I was really excited uh, to see that today. Point Park with a big bounce back win in game number three. Cody on to Kaiser University against Warner. Warner takes the series two to one. It was six three Warner in game number one, nine five Kaiser in game number two, and then game three high drama seven six Warner. Tell us about it. Well, game one, all Warner. Noah Harsh, the freshman, has been incredible this season. Seven innings pitch, two runs, eight Ks, picked up the win. Jan Martinez and Logan Flood, they both added two RBIs. Warner takes the Friday game six to three. Doubleheader on Saturday to conclude the series. Kaiser wins the opener nine to five. Garrett Rise, six and two thirds, four earned runs, but 10 strikeouts. Good performance out of him. Tim Bouchard homered, Cyrus Grime homered. Kaiser takes game two. Comes down to a rubber match in game three. Warner jumped out to a 4-0 lead in the fourth, but held on for dear life in the ninth. Warner led 7-6, ninth inning, bases loaded, two outs. Royals closer Liam Felix versus two-time All-American Tim Bouchard. Bouchard continued to battle the entire bat. The bat went 11 pitches with the bases loaded in a one-run game, and he was able to get a line out to second base. Felix picked up his second save of the weekend. Uh, Really good at bat there, really good moment. Uh, you could tell the stakes were high. Warner flooded the field after they won big time series win for Warner. Yeah, no, I mean it was it was high drama there at the end in in game number three, Cody. I mean that was insane. I know it was something that you were keeping up with, especially there in the last inning, pitch by pitch. It was something uh, to watch. These Sun Conference series are are so unpredictable sometimes, and they are definitely high drama. Uh, it's it's something that'll make your your heart pound and it'll rip your heart out as well. Uh, I know that firsthand, so it, it's definitely really interesting when when these teams meet. And uh, Kaiser and Warner both having really good seasons. Kaiser's dropped some games, Cody, this year that that have been kind of surprising. And then they've won some series where you're like, okay, I don't really know what to make of these guys. Absolutely agree, and I think maybe that's a role to the depth of the conference as a whole. I mean, I think you see with you know they go out there and they drop a series to USC Buford we see comes back this weekend knocks off Weber for a series uh, maybe it's just the depth of the conference as a whole the Sun Conference is extremely strong but like you said that final at bat you have bases loaded two outs and an All-American at the plate I mean the yeah, Kaiser had right to guy, see right spot yeah right guy right spot and that was an 11 at pitch at a bat just an incredible bat and it was 3-2 forever I mean it was 3-2 for so many pitches I uh, kept fouling it off and if you throw a ball there I mean it's a tie game you have a tie game with the four hitter coming up behind you I mean it's not Obviously, it's just big-time stakes with the series literally on the line. Uh, can't say enough about the closer for Warner. I mean, he picked up his fifth save of the season. 
Uh, Liam Felix, two saves on the weekend, five saves overall now. Big-time moment, big-time spot, and he was able to get the job done against a really good player. Last but not least, it is our big series of the week from last week, Cody. It is Southeastern versus St. Thomas, and SEU sweeps the series versus St. Thomas, 8-0, 3-1, 10-3. was able to take game one behind the back of their ace, Rob Adams, who can't say enough about him, man. Nine innings pitched, five hits, no runs, no walks, 12 strikeouts. I mean, just every single weekend he's getting it done. Brian Fuentes homered. Talk about every weekend getting it done. Brian Fuentes, the Indiana State transfer, continues to rake for Southeastern, quietly putting together an All-American season. Sam Faith went four for four with a double and a home run. Speaking of All-Americans, obviously he's living up to it right now again this year. Sam Faith, quietly one of the best hitters in the entire country. Game two, Southeastern won three to one. Drew Gillespie, the ace of a year ago, nine innings pitch, six hits, one run, 12 strikeouts. I mean, their starters on that Friday combined for 18 innings, one run, and 24 Ks. I mean, who, how are you going to beat that, man? Uh, Abdel Guadalupe finished today with two doubles, a home run, and two RBIs. A really good start by Chris Poipel for St. Thomas, the starter going six innings, two earned, punching out 10. I mean, you go to Lakeland, you give up two runs, you punch out 10 in six innings. That's about as good as you're going to do against that club. You're just going to need a little bit more help. Uh, didn't get it going up against Gillespie, who had his stuff. When Gillespie has his stuff, man, he's an ace. I mean, this team has multiple aces. They come back for one more game on Saturday. St. Thomas trying to salvage one. Really good start by their starter, Crosby Bringhurst, the Oklahoma Wesleyan transfer. He went seven innings, two runs, five Ks, and, man, Southeastern just exploded. They scored nine runs on six hits and two Bobcat errors. Brian Fuentes singled in a run and made it 3-2 to St. Thomas. Faith walked in a run. You have a 3-3 game. And then Luis Cabrera, an RBI, two RBI single, puts them up 5-3. to Thomas Broyles broke it open with a three-run home run. And just like that, it, I mean, it's over before you know it. When it was all said and done, a 3-1 to eighth-inning lead for St. Thomas turned into a 10-3 Southeastern lead in the ninth inning. And uh, that's just what Southeastern does, man. They get to your bullpen. Because the St. Thomas starting pitching this weekend was pretty darn good especially game two and game three. Chris Coyful, Crosby Greenhurst, they pitched really well. Uh, but Southeastern just finds a way to keep their bullpen, and they find a way to score some runs, man. That's that's really the crazy thing, I think, is is Southeastern just never feels out of the fight. And they were down, like you said, at multiple times. I mean, even against Rob Adams, they had runners on base. The, I want to say, you know, two of the first three definitely reached base for uh St. Thomas there in the first inning. I mean, he did not give up a hit after the fourth inning. He settled down. Really, really electric stuff from Rob Adams. Southeastern's offense just feels like they're biting their time sometimes. You know, it's it's just one of those things where it's like they're going to jump on you and they're just waiting for the right time to jump on you. They're waiting for your bullpen. They're they're just waiting that starter out. It, it whatever it feels like, but it just feels like they're never out of it. There's a reason why they're the top hitting team in the nation, or one of the top hitting teams in the nation, hitting 362, uh, and they're just insane. I mean, 384 runs on the season is what they've scored, and only allowed 115. You know, 161 extra base hits. It's it's just really really crazy stuff from SEU, and that's two premium programs in the nation going up against each other. And then for St. Thomas. You know, I want to give a shout out to Merch, who kept us really, really involved this weekend um, while that series was going on. The sports information director over at STU, you know, just filling us up with information and, and giving us what we needed or anything we asked for, really. I think Costello, getting to see him pitch for the first time was really interesting. He was, 
you know, uh, around 93. Yeah, he was around 93 miles an hour. I was super impressed with that. They had some really good pitching. Like you said, the starting pitching for St. Thomas was there. Uh, It's just Southeastern just waits you out. And just to give the people at home, Chase Costello is an LSU transfer uh, for St. Thomas, who just hasn't been healthy uh, to start the year. So we haven't got to see him throw, but had high expectations, performed well in the draft league. So we were looking forward to seeing him. And we were looking forward to seeing him throw. And he threw well. And like you said, Chris Coypel, six innings, two runs, strikeouts, seven innings, two runs for Crosby Bringers. These are two really good clubs. I think we just can't say enough about the starting pitching from Southeastern. Like they always hit. Like they're going to hit 370 every single season. But Rob Adams, <laughs> yeah. what he's put together this year, I mean, 72 innings pitch, 36 hits. It means he's given up a hit every two innings. I mean, that's ridiculous. He has a 0.25 ERA, 85 punch outs. He's allowed two runs in 72 innings. Yeah. And when you have Drew Gillespie following it up with nine innings, one run, 12 strikeouts, Gillespie didn't get to play in Lewiston last year. If Gillespie goes out there and he throws a gem in Lewiston, I mean, look out, dude. This team is the team to beat. Gillespie, I think, had his best outing of the year, uh, at least most impressive outing of the year against St. Thomas. And and Rob Adams just gets better as the game goes on, man. He he's you know gave up you know four or five hits in the first four innings, and then just settled in. And it was like, all right, I'm just going to go to work now. And was absolutely phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. I want to say he retired some ridiculous number. I mean, I'm talking like. 17 almost in a row uh before hitting a batter it, it was insane he the dude is is legit and and really knows how to pitch super impressed from him uh st thomas the schedule does not get any easier for them as i wanted to work this in here cody they're gonna go uh to d2 nova southeastern so shout out to our boy john leatherman there who's uh the baseball sid over at Division two Nova Southeastern, formerly, formerly long-term St. Thomas guy. So uh, excited to see him uh, get to face his alma mater this weekend. I'm sure it's something he's looking forward to. And and uh, John and I get to talk all the time. And that's, uh, that's something that I know he keeps bringing up is uh, St. Thomas coming in to Davie to play Nova Southeastern. Eastern Cody, let's get into our feature for this week. It is 10 to Lewiston, who I think are the 10 best teams in the country as of this moment. Well, 6.05 p.m. on 4.11. So, Cody, if you're ready, let's jump into this uh, 10 to Lewiston here as, as we've got pretty much uh, some rankings shifts going on from the previous poll. Let's go. We finally got a new team in the poll. I'm excited. We do. It, it had been a couple of polls since we had a new team, but the number 10 team moving back two spots is going to be Central Methodist. They're 30 and 7, hitting 332 with a 37 ERA. Uh, they've outscored their opponents 318 to 138, 122 extra base hits. They've struck out 318 as a staff. The problems here, Cody, is their bow chip's a little high. Uh, their their arc is really good for for their region. They're 11 and 1 at home, 11 and 3 on the road and eight and three in neutral site games, Cody. But I think you know what the problem is for you and me is this team continues to drop games against teams that, that we don't expect them that they wouldn't have dropped games to last year. Right. I mean, I 100% agree. Uh, they're dropping games like this weekend, dropped a game to Mount Mercy last weekend, dropped a game to Baker. Uh, just usually, like you said, last year's runner up team wasn't dropping these games in conference. And now they have a 
big time matchup this weekend. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think this team has arguably a top three, top two NAI pitcher, and then I think they have a top two, top three NAI player. So that's going to carry you a long way. Nick Merkel and Robbie Merced are, to me, like I said, top three NAI pitcher, top three NAI player. You have two elite of the elite players at our level. So I think they have the pieces to go out there and absolutely get back to Lewiston. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, Merkel and, and Merced are super special. Atkins is is really good this year as well. Uh, you know, he's working with a with a low ERA, and and even the true freshman pitcher that they have this season is you know has settled in nicely. Uh, I think that you know they're just not the same kind of offensive team that they were last year, despite what Merced is doing. And it's it's not like a murderer's row like it was last season. They're still a very good offensive team, but they're a different style of offensive team. And I know that's hard to say. Was well, like, well, they're hitting three thirty two. They are, but it's it's just it doesn't have the same feel. And you're you know you expect them to come into this. I think last year we got kind of spoiled with CMU, where it's like, all right, they're going to be super heavy, super offensive, super competitive, throw the ball hard, be lights out. And then it's kind of surprising to see them drop a couple games. I still think they're a top 10 team in the nation, and that's why they're still in 10 to Lewiston, sitting at number 10. Number nine, finally, in this, I know that this is something that they have been groaning and moaning about and that they've wanted, but Hope International is in. We're we're giving them the in here, Cody, at 34 and 11 with a 3 33 team batting average and a 385 team ERA 356 runs scored compared to 197 runs allowed 157 extra base hits 417 staff punch outs they're four and six against the top 25 uh they do have a high bow tip it is 22 and they are ranked fifth in the west in the arc but cody i think that this is a team that so far this year being four and six against the top 25 has played well enough to get in here. And then I think they've been a little bit more consistent than Vanguard, who drops out, especially lately, despite the push. And HIU having the upper hand and being able to take that series after taking the first two games of that series and then dropping the next two on the second day, I think HIU's just been a little bit more consistent than Vanguard lately. I think it just comes down to a little bit of consistency. When you look at Vanguard, they dropped a game to San Diego Christian. They dropped a game to Ottawa, Arizona. Uh, they dropped two this past weekend to William Jessup. Just stuff that you're not expecting to see of a top 10 caliber program. And uh, I get it, man. The GSAC's doggy dog, just like we do the Sun Conference. It's a very good conference. To me, it's the second best conference in AI baseball. But it's hard to rank these teams. I mean, you know that too. Like where the gap between Westmont, Vanguard, and Open International is very small. It's not a very big gap at all. I think there are three of the best teams in the country. But I think just based on resume, you got to go with Open International. And I think Open International probably has – the better player and better pitcher. Um, if I was picking best player, best pitcher uh, of the two teams, I would lean Hope International. Um, I think Hector Garcia, I think you look at a guy like Greg Lamb is really turning it on. Um, I'm going to lean Hope the rest of the way. And this is all three these teams are going to make their conference tournament. All three of these teams are going to make the national tournament regardless. I mean, yep. we're picking between the top 10 teams in the country. Obviously, yeah. this is three opening round teams. And uh, we saw, you know, in 2017, uh, Teams like Hope International and the Masters go out to Lewis and they both make Lewis in the same year. And I think all three of these teams can do that. So I think the one thing that we should emphasize on that a couple of weeks ago is like when we're nitpicking a little bit of stuff in the top 10, we're nitpicking the top 10 teams in the country. 
Okay. Right. We're not saying you're not going to make the national term. We're not saying right. you're not top 46. Right. Yeah. There's 189 teams this year, right? I mean, uh, 198. The top, 198. Well, there's, we're talking about the top 10. Like, obviously, you're pretty good. And it's like the college game day thing. If we're talking about you on the show, you're pretty good. If we don't talk about you, that's probably not great. You know? So, I mean, but yeah, I think <laughs> Hope International. <laughs> yeah. Hope International, those look apart. And like you said, it's just consistency. I think they've played better in conference to this point. The number eight team in 10 to Lewiston's fifth edition is Georgia Gwinnett. The defending national champion is 28 and nine. They're hitting 332 with a 286 team ERA. They've scored 324 runs, allowed 140. They've got 129 extra base hits, 375 Ks for the staff. They're four and five against the current top 25, 18th in the bow chip, and fifth in the Southeast, which is the most jam packed arc rating that there is uh cody ggc has been up and down this year because they've they've played some teams well they've beaten a lot of teams the scheduling has not been tough you know really for them at many points this season uh and i think you can look at this weekend as an example but but they're still going out there, winning the games that that pretty much they're supposed to. There are some weekends where we're kind of like, oh, man, what was that? But still, when it comes down to it, if if you had to tell me, hey, do you want to take this team in the top 10 or do you want to take GGC in the top 10? I, I'm going to take the talent and the players that they have at GGC just about nine times out of 10 unless somebody really goes out there and shows us something different. And to Gwinnett's credit, I came on here and I shamed the schedule a couple of weeks ago. The schedule is starting to look better when you think Cumberland, Tennessee, that early season sweep, Cumberland, Tennessee is on fire right now, and they're on pace to win their conference. Uh, you look at Northwestern Ohio, they're on pace right now to win their conference. So the schedule is starting to look a little bit better than it did. They've had a little bit of, like, worries on the mound. I'm a little bit worried about some of their starters getting injured, but I think that they'll be okay, especially by the time an opening round rolls around, they'll be healthy and ready to go. Before last year, I think me and you can agree. We thought, all right, well, GGC is going to host an opening round every season. I mean, why wouldn't they, right? Yeah, I mean, they've we, got the nicest facility in the nation. We would. I don't. We can't assume that anymore. So it's like, is this team going to be a one seed hosting in Lawrenceville? Or are they going to be a two seed somewhere else? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like you said, you mentioned their arc rating. Their arc rating right now leads me to believe that they're maybe not be a one seed. I don't know. Uh, they're 11th in the poll in the coaches' poll. They're fifth in arc. So I'm not seeing a one seed probably right now. But uh, I think that they're going to be, at the very least, a two-seed, and they have a chance to compete and go back to Lewiston. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Uh, they're, they're kind of the borderline for that number one seed, but still, I mean, as a two-seed, you send them somewhere. I mean, you have to feel pretty confident if you're GDC about wherever you're going that you're, you're going to be able to compete. And, you know, that's something that only time will tell. You know, you don't know what it's going to look like until you get to that national tournament. Obviously, we expect them to run through the cast, the cast uh, or the Continental um, I was going to say the Cascade. We expect LC to run through the Cascade. We expect GGC to run through the Continental. The Continental, we don't even know who the five teams are that are going. Um, you know, they, they don't have – a lot of those teams don't play full schedules. It's it's really crazy. I don't understand that conference. It's basically the, the still the AII. It's a, a bunch of independent institutions. And for some reason that if that conference gets two more teams, if two teams join the NAI – Two schools, two programs join the NAI and decide to go to the Continental. They get three bids, and that would be the biggest farce we have in this sport. Uh, I would put that up there with, you know, Lewiston, 
uh, in the auto bid and just the the absolute shame and atrocity it would be if if you know Continental got three bids it would be top three things that we've had to deal with since we started doing this uh, of course the auto bids kind of hard to beat but Cody I think GGC still number eight they're a very talented team uh, and I think that they can figure it out here. Their schedule, like you said, has gotten better down the stretch. The number seven team in 10 to Lewiston is Westmont. The Warriors, 36-6. and six. They're hitting 308 with a 353 team ERA, 326, 326 runs scored to 161 runs allowed. They've got 165 extra base hits on the season, 317 punch staff, uh, punch outs for the staff. Two and three against the top 25. Number seven in Bochip, and they're actually ranked second in the West in their arc. They're 22 and five at home, but one of the things that impresses me more, Cody, is they're 14 and one on the road. Westmont is number seven in this poll. Yeah, I, I think we've already like covered most of our GSAC thoughts. I will say, I don't think we give enough love to Westmont's catcher, Simon Reed, in 400. This Dude's season. legit. 15 doubles, two triples, eight home runs, 41 ribbons. Runs batted in. Uh, he's been really, really good. Uh, Pitching-wise, they're led by Brian Peck. A 3.70 ERA as a freshman, 58 innings. Bradley Heacock's been really good. I mean, I think this team, like I said, Hope International, Vanguard, Westmont, they're all going to go to an opening round, and I'm excited to see what they do. We'll move on here to number six. It's St. Thomas University, 28-10. and 10. They pretty much stay pat where they were. Uh, last week and we're not going to punish the Bobcats for you know running into the meat grinder that is Southeastern and that meat grinder schedule that they have as well they're 28 and 10 with a 313 team average a 412 team ERA the team from the 305 has scored exactly 305 runs with 176 runs allowed 131 extra base hits 380 staff punch outs they're five and five against the current top 25 fifth in Bochip third rated in the southeastern arc 11 and 4 at home 6 and 4 on the road uh but Cody when it comes down to it 11 and 2 in neutral site games now I do believe St. Thomas will put in a bid to host there in Miami Gardens they do have a very nice facility up, updated stands video board on their campus field in you know in left center uh but if they don't I mean you have to feel pretty good if you're George Bettis about that 11-2 and two record in neutral site games, meaning you've been tested, you know, uh, basically in somewhere that's not home for either team. Yeah, and you factor in all the D2s they've played. This team has been tested for real. They played in the Southeastern Rumble against Tennessee Wesleyan and Faulkner. They played in the Sun Conference. I mean, Micah, they have probably the best schedule in the NAI. I mean, probably not even close. Um, this team is super tested. They're super good. They're getting healthy, like you said. Bringing back a guy like Chase Costello, getting to see him, let him throw against the number one team in the country. Uh, Soto's could pitch really well for them. Coypool, Crosby, Bringhurst. I think they have four legit arms, like legit like starting arms. Uh, this is a team that you don't want to run into in an opening round. This is the team you don't want to run into in an opening round. I agree. Because uh, I think pitching-wise, they're going to get it done. Robin Fernandez, Andrew Fernandez, uh, they've been really good. So, yeah, give me St. Thomas. They're a team that looks like they're on their track to go back to Lewiston. Cody, moving back two spots in this one is number five, America's team, LCSC at 38-3 and three with a 335 team average and a 269 team ERA. Nice. 412 runs scored to 123 runs allowed. 194 extra base hits, 402 staff punch outs. They are 4-0 against the current top 25, 17th in Bochip, number one in the 
West Coast arc rating system. Uh, they are 4-0 against the top 25, that being Westmont, Hope International, and Vanguard. But other than that, in those games in early February, January, late January, early February, they have not played anybody. They did drop two games to Corbin, who sits currently next to last in their conference, Cody. And we've said this all year long that those losses were going to count a little bit more because their schedule is so light. Now, at the same time, they schedule that way for a reason because they've got an automatic bid again to the national tournament. They're in. They get to host at Harris Field. Congratulations. We know of one team who's in other than Southeastern. We know it, though, on the first day of the season. LCSC is into the tournament. They're going to keep guys healthy. Uh, I think Trent Sellers, it, you know, is is a really good pitcher. I mean, obviously, he's on our watch list nationally for pitcher of the year, Cody. But other than that, it's kind of the back-end rotation guys that have kind of struggled for LC. Yeah, I agree. And Trent Sellers, I think he's an All-American lock at this point. I think he's going to be on our all in the eyeball team. I mean, you just look at the schedule he has left and the production he's done. I mean, he's 9-0 this year, 66 innings pitched, 109 ERA, 87 punch outs. Uh, he's absolutely getting it done right now. He's locked in, pitching probably the best he's pitched all season lately. He's coming off nine innings, no runs, eight innings, no runs. He's going to start dicing up these folks left and right. Uh, he's an All-American to me. Trent Sellers is a legit number one. Uh, top five NAI pitcher for sure this season. And, uh, yeah, LC, I like LC the rest of the way. When LC loses a game, you never see it coming. I mean, it's kind of like Shreveport last week losing to Jarvis. You never saw it coming. You never see them losing to Corbin. Now, obviously, we did talk about Corbin because Corbin has an elite pitcher in Zach Simon who went out and shoved this weekend again against College of Idaho. We see College of Idaho took two off Corbin. So it's like those losses for LC not getting better. But they have a chance to go out there and play College of Idaho this weekend and We'll just continue to rate LC. LC is a top five team in the nation. You could argue they're number two, three, four, and five. It doesn't really matter. They're going to play their way in, and they'll probably win their opening round, and we'll get to see them in the Yeah, I, I definitely expect them to to win their opening round, like you said. And I, I want to say you said uh, see them in the World Series there. Um, it, and that's I expect that as well. When you're talking about this top five, this is what we expect. You know, We expect these teams to – to have the best shot to go to Lewiston. That's why there there's 10 to Lewiston. You know, I know a couple of people have asked, well, what's the rest of the top 25 look like? Well, there's only 10 teams in Lewiston. And in your opinion, in my opinion, there's only 10 teams that matter. Uh, you know, it's the 10 teams that get to that final site. We want to see us have the best tournament possible. And uh, this is who we feel are the best 10 teams in the nation right now. LCSC likely to go to Lewiston. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what that opening round tournament is going to look like. The number four team at a Jim Wade Stadium in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma City University at 34 and 3, hitting 355 with a 359 team ERA. They've scored 363 runs and allowed 131, 195 extra base hits, 301 punch outs for their staff. They are six and two against the top 25, the current top 25. Fourth in Bochip, and they're the number one team arc rated in the South. Cody, this is Oklahoma City baseball, and they are getting right back to it. One of the original blue bloods of this sport. Couldn't agree more, man. This looks like one of their best teams in a long time. Uh, cross factor hitting 532 with 20 home runs, 532 average. That's absolutely insane. Peyton Crispin hitting 480. Can't sleep on Peyton Crispin, man. I feel like he gets overlooked as a cross factor. But he's hitting 480 this year. He has 20 doubles, 11 home runs, 
56 RBIs. He actually leads the team in RBIs. It helps when you have a guy like Factor hitting in front of you. But they're hitting 355 as a team. Uh, they've just been special. They've been really, really good. On the mound, Tanner Schoenger, 184 ERA in 53 innings. Eli Davis, 40 innings, 133 ERA. Tanner Schwartz has a really good ERA, a 3-2-4. When your number three is a 3-2-4 ERA in 40 innings, you're going to take that every single time. Uh, they're pitching really well this season. They're obviously hitting well. They have a 3-5-9 ERA as a team. They brought that down a lot, man. Remember when that was up in the fours? Yeah, uh, they're pitching. Yeah, they're pitching really well. And we were talking when they were in the fours. We were bragging on them because like, yeah, we're like, this is great. <laughs> like, OCU looks great. Like, and now they're down to three, five, nine. They're just gonna continue to ride out this wave. They're gonna win their conference. And I think me and you said it for a while now. I think they're going back to Lewiston. This is a team that last year they didn't like look that great, but they played deep into the opening round. You know what I mean? They played in that Loyola bracket for a while, and uh, this year they look like they're ready. They they look like a team that's gonna go back to Lewiston. Coming in at number three in this poll from Shreveport, Louisiana, it is LSUS, and the Pilots are 35-3, and hitting 363. That's actually number one in this ranking. They have a 312 team ERA, 391 runs scored to 115 runs allowed, 141 extra base hits, 362 staff punchouts, 2-0 against the current top 25. Uh, their bow chip, though, is number two, and they are second rated in the arc in the south. Cody, I think that uh, really LSUS and OCU pretty much interchangeable, but Shreveport has been pretty good this season, and I would love to see those two teams play in a series because I'd love to see that staff, those two staffs go at it against these two lineups, but LSUS coming in at number three this week. And those two, they were tied in the arc for a while, weren't they? Are they still tied in the arc? They actually might. I might have read that wrong. They, they, they really could be. And there was a time this year where Shreveport actually wasn't hitting the way we're used to. But, man, that has changed. They have a 361 team average now. Absolutely insane. Austin McNicholas is getting it done. 21 doubles leads the NAIA. Three triples, three home runs, a 410 average. Uh, Zion Avery leads the team with seven home runs, 46 RBIs. He's hitting 400. Uh, Ryan Major has hitting 463. I mean, my goodness, they got dudes that can hit left and right. Carlos Pinero, Julian Flores. I mean, they got hitters on this team. But what they got this year that they didn't have last year is pitchers. Bobby Bath, 62 innings pitched, 189 ERA, 85 Ks, absolutely insane. And my man, Kevin Miranda, 61 innings pitched. Check this out, y'all. 61 innings pitched, 112 strikeouts, 16.43 on the K9, Robbie. 16.43. Yeah, 176 ERA, 176 ERA, three walks. He has 112 strikeouts on the year. He's walked three batters, y'all. Three batters with 112 Ks. Uh, yeah, Shreveport looks like they're going back to Lewiston. Yeah, they dropped a game to Jarvis Christian last week. But honestly, like to me, it's like whatever. It's like Jarvis Christian in most years can catch up and play pretty well. Jarvis it seems like they're the team that always baits you into that 12-10 to 10 final. Like they always <laughs> bait you in these high-scoring yeah. games you don't want to be in. And, uh, yeah, so I, I'm not worried about that at all. It's obviously not a great loss for Shreveport, but they're going to bounce back. They're going to win this conference, and they got the starters in the hitting to get back to Lewiston. Uh, I will say uh, in 2013, my Northwood Knights did drop a game to Jarvis. Uh, they're at Jarvis, and uh, so, you know, I would still – we went to the World Series that year, so I think Shreveport can can go ahead and – 
you know, still expect to uh, make the opening round. No harm, no foul. It happens. Baseball, you know, you're you're going to drop ball games. It's how overall consistent are you? And overall, they've been super consistent. One of the things I did want to correct, Cody, is uh, something you mentioned off air is is you were right on. Um, they are tied, OCU and LSUS. They are tied for ARC. And that is really, really impressive. I mean, when you look at OCU, 25-2 and two at home, 9-1 and one on the road. LSUS 19 and one at home, 11 and two on the road, five and zero in neutral site games. Uh, OCU has not had to play a neutral site game yet, but at this point, I mean, I think you know you're going to have to take your chances. Do you want to be? Do you want to go to Jim Wade if you're in the if you're a Midwest team or a North team or even a West Coast team at this point? Do you want to go to Jim Wade or do you want to go to Shreveport? Because I've been to both, uh, and they are both very hard places to play and win at. So it'll be definitely be something interesting to watch down the stretch here. The number two team in 10 to Lewiston is of course, Tennessee Wesleyan 39 and three hitting 339 with a three, two ERA 418 runs scored 156 runs allowed 180 extra base hits 418 staff punch outs nine and two versus the current top 25 number three ranked in bow chip and second in the Southeast Cody 19 and one at home 16 and zero on the road four and two in neutral site ball games, but it looks like, you know, Tennessee Wesleyan going back to Kingsport, which is a regular trip for them. 100%, man. Tennessee Wesleyan, like LSU Shreveport, dropped a game to point, actually played point close in two games, didn't see it coming, don't matter. Every year, even last year, Tennessee Wesleyan struggled a little bit with Columbia International for a weekend. The AAC is a good conference. It's going to happen. You're not going to play your best every single weekend. But I'll tell you who is playing his best every single weekend for Tennessee Wesleyan, and that's LeVon Reynoso. Hitting 411, 14 doubles, 19 home runs. You look at Parker Stinnett, seven home runs, 49 RBIs, 406 average. Zach Hoyason has 12 home runs, hitting 381. Carson Ford, 268 average, but still has 10 home runs and five doubles. This team can hit. They're hitting 340 as a team, basically, as you said, 339. Kobe Foster, top five NAI pitcher. I got to quit saying that because pretty soon it's going to be like 12 pitchers I say that for. <laughs> and that's more than five. But Kobe Foster, 68 innings pitched, 106 ERA, uh, 9-0. This guy hasn't lost since he's came to the NAI. I believe he went 13-0 last year. He's 9-0 this year. Uh, just absolutely insane. He's had 11.38K per nine. Uh, absolutely getting it done. Only 14 walks. Robert Gonzalez has been really, really good. 58 innings pitched, 247 ERA. Chris Coyman, 288 ERA. I mean, there are three frontline starters have ERAs sub-288. I mean, that's absolutely insane. Uh, the midweek guy they roll out there sometimes, Kyle Bloor, Michael Taylor, they both have low ERAs. This is a really deep ball club. And we don't get to see them a lot because they don't usually, like, have to. Like, So their closer, Liam Doolin, the Australian, dude, he is insane. 33 innings pitch. He's punched out 46. This dude throws absolute cheddar. Um, the thing is, though, is they never win by that small of a margin, really. So we don't get to see them that much. We still get seven saves. I mean, that's a lot in college season. It's not bad at all, seven saves. But, uh, yeah, I think that they have a really good bullpen guy. I think that's a piece last year that they probably wish they had. I think you can agree with that. They wish they had, like, a yeah. shutdown dude. They went and got the dude from overseas, Liam Doolin, and he is getting it done. Uh, I just think this is a really well-rounded ball club, and I think it's a good ball club. I mean, if there wasn't, if Southeastern wasn't exactly who they are this year, if if they were maybe a depiction of who they were last year, Cody, Tennessee Wesleyan's the number one team in the nation right now, and and there's no doubt about that. It's it's just you know, 
really, really talented Tennessee Wesleyan team. They've had a lot of players step up, a lot of bats step up, and then they've had a lot of bullpen arms step up. That that staff coming into the season we knew was going to be the best staff in the nation. Uh, they've been really, really good. We haven't even seen them turn it on fully yet. I'm excited to see them in postseason play because I think they're hungry. I think they're ready to get back to Lewiston. I think they have a lot to play for left in this season. The number one team in 10 to Lewiston is, of course, Southeastern University. They are 37-1, and hitting 362 as a team with a 226 team ERA. They've scored 384 runs and allowed 115, 161 extra base hits, 437 staff punchouts. They are 12-0, Cody. That, that right there makes you number one team in this poll automatically. To be 12-0 against the current top 25 is, is just absolutely impressive. You don't see anybody else on this list like that. I mean, Tennessee Wesleyan at number two is nine and two. They're number one in the boat chip, number one in the Southeast Arc. They're 27 and one at home, three and oh in neutral site games, seven and oh on the road. Cody, you just, we cannot say enough good things about Southeastern this year, how great Rob Adams has been. And that offense, you know, just has one through nine guys that can produce, put the ball in play, drive in runs, and they just feel like they're constantly in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take a really special performance from your team, and it's going to take a special club. You got to have the dudes to do it. You got to have the pitchers to be able to get these guys out, and you got to have the hitters to be able to score enough runs to beat them. I mean, right now they're absolutely insane. Abdel Guadalupe, who I feel like has been at Southeastern forever now, four thirty-nine average, fourteen doubles, fourteen home runs. I feel like he's on pace to rival Tim Bouchard. Them down the stretch to see who could win Conference Player of the Year. Gary Laura, the catcher, four thirty average. Home runs have kind of fallen off a little bit, but he is still hitting for a very high average. Isaac Nunez, the Florida transfer, he's looked really good, man. 376 average, nine doubles, eight home runs. Brian Fuentes, we talked about it on the show earlier. Brian Fuentes is hitting 441 with eight doubles and 14 home runs. I mean, I think they just all in down the lineup. We're not even mentioning Sam Faith. I mean, this doesn't even mention Sam Faith. You obviously, Sam Faith can rate. He's hitting 368 this season, and he's having one of the quieter seasons on the team. Their catcher, Luis Cabrera, seven home runs, 39 are guys. This team can absolutely rake. You mentioned earlier, one of the best hitting teams in the country, hitting 362 as a club. Uh, but what they're doing on the mound pitching wise is insane. Rob Adams, they have a 025 ERA this late in the season. I don't think we've seen that since we've been doing this in the eyeball. I mean, 72 innings pitch, he's allowed two earned runs. That's just disgusting, man. Drew Gillespie, 50 innings pitch, 2.70 ERA. But like you said, he saved his best performance for this weekend against St. Yeah. Thomas. Yeah, DJ Roberts, he's been coming in out of the pin. If someone has doesn't have their best stuff, they bring in a guy that was at South Florida. I mean, at the one transfer from South Florida, DJ Roberts, 34 innings pitch, six earned runs. I mean, he's been really good. Juan Pimentel has been their kind of their game three for a while. He's been really good this season as well. So I just think they're the most complete team in the nation. They got the best pitcher. They got the best hitters. I mean, they look absolutely ready to go on a national championship run. Yeah, they're they're extremely talented, man. And and that's the craziest part is is we just saw what you know Drew Gillespie can do when he's just so locked in and just super impressive job from him this weekend. Rob Adams has been impressive week in week out. Uh, you know, he gives up hits, but he does not allow runs to cross the plate. You know, he bears down. He's, he's a bulldog. And that is that is insane. I am super excited to see what these guys can do. Obviously, uh, I think Lakeland is a prime spot to host as well whenever you're the number one team in the nation. So that'll be interesting. So there it is, our 10 to Lewiston. It is number 10, Central Methodist. Number 9, Hope International. 
Number eight, Georgia Gwinnett. Seven, Westmont. Six, St. Thomas. Five, Lewis Clark State. Four, Oklahoma City. Three, LSU Shreveport. Two, Tennessee Wesleyan. And number one, Southeastern. Cody, we keep it moving here, and it is time for our NAI Ball podcast, Hitter, Pitcher, and Team of the Week. And all of this, of course, is brought to you by our friends over at Pitch Pro. The newest sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast Player of the Week Awards is Pitch Pro by Aeroform Athletics. Pitch Pro is the leading provider of portable mounds for both USSSA baseball and Major League Baseball. It's designed for both indoor and outdoor use. Pitch Pro portable mounds are built for easy storage. They come with a 10-year core warranty. They aren't made with cheap foams. They don't move, and they're lightweight. So do yourself a favor and do us a favor. Check them out for yourself on Twitter at Aeroform Athletic and see for yourself on Instagram at Aeroform underscore athletics. Then visit their website at www.aeroformathletics.com. It's Pitch Pro from Aeroform Athletics, the platform provider for the MLB Home Run Derby every single year. Cody, you and I watch that every single year religiously. So give them a follow and support the people who support us. Pitch Pro, it's your home for your next portable mound. Cody, the hitter of the week is Connor Barnett from Bellevue, and that was a tough choice for us this week. A lot of really great submissions turned in for hitter of the week. Nine for 14 with three home runs, two doubles, 14 RBIs, and a stolen base, and he did it all in just three games, Cody. It was a four-game series. He sat one game out. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely insane. What an insane week for Connor Barnett. What an insane week for Bellevue. I mean, they scored 65 runs in their series at Waldorf. That's the most runs in a series since they scored 71 at Waldorf in 2019. It's actually the second most runs they've scored all time in a conference series. A big time, big time weekend for him and the Bruins. Yeah, really impressive weekend for Barnett and Bellevue. So congratulations to Connor Barnett for being named our NAI Ball Hitter of the Week. Cody, our NAI Ball Pitcher of the Week is Cameron Haviland from Benu Mesa, who threw a no-hitter versus West versus Westcliff on nine strikeouts. What an absolute performance there. Yeah, man, and he did it on the one-year anniversary of his mother's passing, which is just absolutely incredible. It's a special moment out in Arizona. Uh, ben, you reached out to us after the game and told us about it, and they said how special it was. Obviously, for Cameron and his teammates, and I'm sure his family, it was just big-time performance, man. Pitching with a heavy heart, and to go out there and throw a no-hitter on the one-year anniversary, that's special stuff, man. I believe in higher power and stuff like that. I'm happy for him. Absolutely huge moment, and I can't imagine the emotions that must have been, you know, happening for him there because that's that's not a date that you forget. And so, you know, big congratulations to Cameron on being named our NAI Ball Podcast Pitcher of the Week from Benu Mesa. Cody, last but not least, our team of the week here on the NAI Ball Podcast is Uno. Is our team of the week? Northwestern Ohio goes six and zero this week. They've won 13 straight, and they've opened up a three-game lead in the WAC. Yeah, shout-out to Una, man, testing themselves early. Played Georgia Gwinnett, played IU Southeast, played some really good teams early on, played Middle Georgia State. I mean, that's three ranked teams that they were playing four-game sets with. That's a lot of games against really good teams, and I think they're made the better for it. Yadi Rivera, he's been absolutely insane for them this season. 438 average, has five doubles, five home runs, 29 driven in. He's walked 20 times already, got a 526. OBP. Uh, Christian Perez, he's been really good. 370 average, has nine doubles and a home run. Shakur Jackson has four home runs, so hitting 307. 
Uh, really good stuff for this Uno team right now. Yeah, big time congrats to Uno for being named our team of the week with their 6-0 and week and 13 straight Ws. That's also one of the longer uh, hitting streaks there in the nation. So, or excuse me, winning streaks there in the nation, Cody. Uh, moving on here to our weekend games and series to watch, Cody. Some big ones to watch this weekend. Taylor versus Mount Vernon Nazarene. Friends versus Tabor. Southeastern takes on Kaiser, Reinhardt, Tennessee, Wesley, and Oklahoma City, Sagu. St. Andrews, Bluefield, LCSC versus College of Idaho. Weber versus Warner. Milligan takes on point. And then Oregon Tech and Corbin jockeying there for positioning. Uh, any of those that really interest you? I think Taylor versus Mount Vernon Nazarene is a big one. And, of course, Southeastern Kaiser as well. Yeah, Taylor, Mount Vernon Nazarene, not to spill the secret sauce. That was our runner-up for big series of the week. That's the one we went back and forth on. So definitely looking forward to that. That's the top two teams in the crossroads. Uh, Reinhardt maybe trying to have a bounce back weekend against the top team in Tennessee Wesleyan. But the problem I have there is Tennessee Wesleyan didn't play their best against Point, so you know that they're going to be ready. They're not going to play two bad weekends in a row. It's going to be tough. Uh, some really good matchups. Warner or Weber. Weber wants to get back on track. Warner wants to keep it going. Warner right now, they're trying to just, you know, play themselves into a for sure at large spot no matter what. I think they're pretty close no matter what. Looking at mm-hmm. What USCB did last year to get in, I think Warner should be insured to get in, but you never know, so Warner wants to continue to play hot. I think there's a lot of good matchups this weekend. Yeah, I think there's a ton of good matchups this weekend. And, you know, really that brings us now to our big series of the week, which is Mid-America Nazarene versus Central Methodist. Our big series of the week is brought to you by the title sponsor of the NAI Ball podcast, and that is Off Speed Athletics. Cody, Off Speed Athletics is the sponsor of big series of the week. Mid-America Naz, Central Methodist, Let's get it going. MNU is 22 and 13. They're 15 and 5 in conference play. 311 team average, a 495 team ERA. Josh Torrance is hitting 373 with 44 hits, eight doubles, three triples, five home runs, and 30 RBIs. And then on the mound for MNU, it's Zach Trevino. Five and three record, 54 and a third innings pitch, 398 ERA, and 70 punch outs. For Central Methodist, they are 30 and 7. They're number 10 in 10 to Lewiston. They are 16 and 4. In the HAAC, 332 team average and a 370 team ERA. Robbie Merced is one of the top two players in the nation. I mean, if the season ended today, Cody, it would be between him and Cross Factor for the Lou Brock Award handed out to the National Player of the Year from NAI Ball. Uh, Merced hitting 449 with 48 hits, 20 home runs, 64 RBIs. Nick Merkel on the mound, just an absolute dog. I saw him earlier this year in the freezing cold, literally in the freezing cold in San Antonio, Texas. That guy was bringing it up to 95, 96, touching it there, sitting 91 to 93, you know, uh, 92 to 94 in the first inning. Just an absolute bulldog. He throws every single pitch he wants for a strike. Eight and two record, 63 innings pitched, 214 ERA, 88 punch outs on the season. Cody, this is a big series of the week indeed as these two teams are separated in the standings by just one game yeah you said it best man top two teams in the heart conference once again uh 16 to 4 15 to 5 you're playing a four game series you're one game back this is your opportunity if you're mid-american nazarene you look at the all-time series mid-american nazarene actually leads it 25 to 20 but last year 2021 cmu went five and two five and two took five to seven that's a big one in 2019, Mid-American Nazarene swept all three. So if you go back to their last 10, they've actually split 5-5. Five, five. 
but trajectory leading Central Methodist. MNU has a big opportunity to make a statement this weekend if they want to get top seeding in this conference. I believe we already established last week, though, the regular season does not get anything. This goes to the two tournament teams, but still position yourself first place. Why wouldn't you want to do it? Big time matchup on the road at CMU. We'll save our picks for quick picks. So let's go ahead and get into that, Cody. Let's go ahead and talk about some quick picks here. Uh, and these are the series that we will talk this week, or at least pick winners for. And it's Friends versus Tabor, Oklahoma City versus Sagu. Sagu having one of its best years in school history, if not its best year in school history. Texas A&M, Texarkana takes on uh, Louisiana Christian. Weber versus Warner, Reinhardt, Tennessee Wesleyan. And then, of course, our big series of the week, Central Methodist and Mid-America Naz. So, Cody, let's kick things off here with Friends versus Tabor. Both Connor and I are taking Tabor. Who you got? I'm taking Tabor, man. I feel like this is a huge matchup. You got the third-place, fourth-place teams in the KCAC in a conference that's super, super tight. I mean, the McPherson, Ottawa, Friends, and Tabor, they're all right there on each other. Give me Tabor. They know they got to have it because Tabor has some really big series coming up down the stretch. Can't afford to lose this one. Give me the Blue Jays. Yep, so all three of us taken Tabor. Oklahoma City versus Sagu, and arguably what is Sagu's toughest test of the season. Oklahoma City, you know, Sagu had, for a long time has been a team, except for the last three years. Matt's done an incredible job there at Sagu. But for Sagu, for such a long time, was was really a, a pushover. And it was not a team that you would take seriously. OCU cannot have that attitude with Sagu coming in because they will bite you. But Connor and I sticking with the stars, I feel like, Denny Crayball will have this team ready to roll. Who you got? Yeah, I mean, shout out to Sagu. They're going to win 30 games this year. This is a club that's really turned around, like you said. Uh, but give me Oklahoma City. I mean, this is a top five team in the nation. This is too much firepower. Agreed there. Too much firepower. Texas A&M, Texarkana taking on Louisiana Christian. Louisiana Christian, the first-year NAI program, who's having a spectacular season. Texas A&M, Texarkana had a little bit of a rough weekend, but – you know, we've seen them make some waves in the Red River, but both Connor and I taking Louisiana Christian in this one. I have a feeling you're going to go the same way. Keelan Johnson, also absolute monster. 100% agreed. Uh, give me LCU. I think right now you're just playing for positioning and seeding in that conference tournament. You want to do whatever you can to avoid Treeport first. So give me LCU. Weber takes on Warner in a battle of two teams on different sides of the lake. Weber, for me, Cody, it, the, the slide has not been good lately, but it's got to end at some point. You've got your biggest rival uh, coming in. You, you know, you get to go against your biggest rival this weekend. It is a big game. It's literally just down the street from you. Uh, I, I want to say Weber gets off the schneid here and and really just figures it out. They've been on a little bit of a slide lately. Uh, Warner going the opposite direction and has been on a tear uh, but Weber, I think this is your your big opportunity to to stay where you're at in the polls, uh, to stay where you're at in conference rankings. A huge chance here. And so Connor and I have both taken Weber. What you got? I mean, I think Warner right now where you sit is a fourth-place team in our rankings. I mean, they're top 15 nationally. Now uh, you go out there and you take this series. You've already played all the big dogs you got to play. It's smooth selling into a national tournament spot. You can pretty much feel good about being an at-large team. I think this is going to be a competitive series, just like Kaiser literally came down with a final batter in Tim Bouchard against Kaiser. I think it's going to be that competitive again this weekend. I think both of these teams are tournament caliber teams. They're both ranked top 20 nationally. 
Give me Warner. Uh, Reinhardt versus Tennessee Wesleyan. Connor and I are taking Tennessee Wesleyan. I, I just think there's too much there for TWU. Yeah, give me Pablo Barquero to pitch really, really well for Reinhardt and make that first game super interesting. Uh, but too much depth for Tennessee Wesleyan. They have too many starters. I just think the matchup two and three is going to be tough. Give me T-Dub. And then last but not least, it is Central Methodist versus Mid-America Nazarene, Cody, in our big series of the week brought to you by Off-Speed Athletics. CMU was the selection for both Connor and I. I mean, you got Nick Merkel going, uh, you know, and then you've got arguably, I mean, literally if the season ended today, you and I would be talking, is it cross-factor or Robbie Merced for National Player of the Year, one of the two best players in the nation at this level. Uh, you know, so that's that makes it a tough decision. I just think that that the two best players there for Central Methodists get it done between Merkel and Merced in this series. So Connor and I both take in CMU. Like I said, they played seven times last year. Uh, CMU took the series three to one, and then they played in the tournament, and they won that two of three. So I, Mid-America shown that they could take a game off Central Methodist both times they played last year in a better club. Um, so I think that they could take a game. I just don't think they could take two. I think the gap between the top 10 team and a team that's just outside the top 25 is pretty big. So give me Central Methodist is going to go out there and secure their spot as the top seed going into the heart tournament. So there it is. It is quick picks for the week all wrapped up there. Cody, before we get going, I want to talk about how MLB – Started this season, NAI ball on the show. We're going to highlight some of the players who are in the major leagues who are from the NAI level. If we missed anybody, please DM Cody or I and tell us who we missed so we can keep them on this list. And when we update it periodically, it is something that we can turn to. But Jose Rojas from Vanguard playing for the LA Angels got into three games this weekend against the reigning AL champion Houston Astros. He had three hits two doubles, an RBI in three games. He's hitting 231 to start the season uh, and had some hits off of some good pitchers as well. Seth Brown playing for the Oakland Athletics, hitting in the 3-4 spot from LCSC, had two hits, a home run, and four RBIs while scoring one run for the Athletics. Julian Merriweather from Oklahoma Baptist is in the bullpen for Toronto. He had two appearances, hitting in two-thirds, two strikeouts, and one run allowed. Brad Wick, for the Chicago Cubs is from Oklahoma City University. He's currently on the 60-day IL. Tim Hill for the San Diego Padres, left-handed reliever from Bacone, Cody. That's right, Bacone with a player in the major leagues. Two appearances, two innings pitched so far, no runs allowed. Connor Brogdon also in the bullpen for the Philadelphia Phillies from LCSC. One appearance, two-thirds of an inning, one hit, one strikeout. D. Strange Gordon for the Washington Nationals from Southeastern University has scored a run and gotten into the game this year. And then Chris Mazza from Tampa Bay. He went to Menlo. He is on the major league roster for the Tampa Bay Rays. He has not seen the field yet this season in their three games, but expect him to get going there. Cody, it's definitely exciting to watch these guys or, or watch these guys play. For me, there's two guys on this list three guys on this list who, who personally, uh, you know, I've seen <laughs> and been in the other dugout, uh, Brad Wick, Julian Merriweather, and Tim Hill, all of those guys, former Sooner Athletic Conference guys, uh, as well as guys that, that have played the Northwood Knights. Julian Merriweather uh, was the losing pitcher for Oklahoma Baptist against us. Tim Hill was a losing pitcher 
for Bacone against us. Brad Wick, uh, I want to say beat us. He he was he was super talented and uh, imposing on the mound. I want to say he's something insane like six seven, six ten, somewhere in that range. Just a massive human being. Uh, really really impressive dudes that we got to see, you know, in college. So there are some really good players at this level. There's even more in the minor leagues, Cody. I know you constantly hear me talk about Jonathan Bermudez. Uh, who's you know a top twenty prospect in the Houston Astros organization? Sean Dubin, and by the way, Bermudez had a you know a four and a third innings pitched. You know, didn't allow any runs, struck out a few batters in his first AAA outing of the season. Sean Dubin was up to ninety eight miles an hour. He's the number six pitcher in the or the number six prospect uh, in the Astros organization. He was up to ninety eight. Really impressive for him. I expect both of these guys to at some point be super competitive for the major league roster. I actually think Sean Dubin's got the best chance this year just because of the bullpen help that's going to be needed. I don't think Pedro Baez is is, la- is going to last on this roster. So um, definitely excited for all of these guys. And there's so much minor league talent that's that's so close to the major leagues as well. A little bit off topic, but on topic with these these guys. Uh, my first year following NAI baseball was 2014, my first year at Gwinnett. And in the World Series that year, there was a matchup between Oklahoma Baptist, who was the number one seed, and Tabor. And you want to know who the two pitchers were. They were Julian Merriweather for Oklahoma Baptist and Jacob Webb for Tabor, two guys that ended up obviously going to the major leagues and are still currently major leaguers. And, yeah, so it was a cool matchup. Merriweather got the win. He struck out 14 a day. Merriweather struck out 10 or more batters eight times that season. He was absolutely insane. So, yeah, I think it's just cool. I think anytime you watch these high-profile NEI guys, you want them the best. Everyone wants to go to the major leagues, and that's what we want for all these kids. I hope everyone reaches their goals in life. And if you want to go out there and you want to make the majors, I hope you absolutely do, and I hope you crush it, man, because uh, we're pulling for every single kid that goes to the league. Like, we're the biggest Connor Brogdon and Seth Brown fans. Anytime Seth Brown's on, people think we hate LC, but in reality, we don't. We, we support these kids, and we hope that Seth Brown and Connor Brogdon and they all absolutely crush it. And we hope every kid that comes to this level, like you said, just some kids moving up, uh, Sean Dubin, Bermudez, we hope they move up and they get some time in the big league soon. I mean, I was so excited last year. Uh, I, it was one of the few games I got to watch on TV, and it just happened to be uh, the, the, you know, the major league appearance for Ryan Hartman, who's a, a friend of the show and a friend of, of you and I in this program and what we do here, who's active with us uh on on just about everything we do and ryan hartman um when he made his major league debut for the houston astros to to be able to to watch that on television and know that that that's a guy from our level that is super talented i'm super excited about the angels uh invest in in have nai talent at you know the highest rankings of their system they had the last roster spot come down to two nai players the you know the Astros are a team that also has two NAI players inside of their top twenty uh, prospects and and you know uh, Hunter Peck I think is another guy that has uh, really got a lot of people interested in what he's doing uh, in the Astros organization as well as he starts the season in High A I mean uh, I know I'm a I'm a huge Astros homer and super biased but but I mean you know it's really cool to say I've seen those guys play in college and even have, have seen some of these guys in person like Tim Hill, Bradwick and Julian Merriweather 
Um, and it's like you said, just you know, reiterating, I want Jose Rojas to do well except when he plays the Astros. And I want Seth Brown to do well except when he plays the Astros. And I want them all to do well except when they play the Astros. Just like I want the Braves to do well for you, Cody, except when they play the Astros. So, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that, you know, uh, don't tell my dad I said that, by the way. I'd get disowned if I said I wanted the Braves to do well. No, so you wanted, I was surprised you mean Jacob Webber, the Braves. I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, I would get so disowned. He hates, he hates the Braves. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he hates everything, though. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, um, we want the, we want y'all to do well, man. We're all big fans. You know, us here are huge fans, y'all. And that brings me in to the final topic of the day, Cody. The final thing I'm going to talk about is if you are a player, a uh, current player who is a junior or a senior, this is only available to juniors or, or seniors, and you are interested in the field of sports journalism, you are interested in maybe being an SID after – you know, school ends or, or working in graphic design, anything like that. NAI Ball is currently taking applications for an intern. We are looking for one intern. This is not just available to uh, baseball players. This is available to anybody who wants to be involved with NAI Ball and what we do here. Uh, you can be a softball player. You can be a soccer player. You can be a golf player. You can be anything. But if you're genuinely interested in what we do here at NAI Ball, if you're genuinely a fan, if you're genuinely interested in working with two people like Cody and I who have professional journalism experience, both at ESPN as well as in local coverage and who have written for Baseball America and been published in Baseball America, you know, that's that's what we're, we're here for. And then you get to work with Connor as well, who does just incredible graphics. You know, we're, we're looking forward to, to really – teaching y'all, showing y'all the ropes and bringing you in uh, and making you a part for that year of everything that goes on into this system. How we go about planning a show, how we go about our coverage, what goes into everyday stuff here at, at NAI Ball. And it is a daily thing. There's not a single day that goes by where Cody and I don't talk about NAI Baseball and what's going on around the nation. So if you are interested in that, please DM me at RobG1063. At Rob G one zero six three on Twitter. And uh, I will tell you how to go about applying for that. If you're a coach who is representing a player who doesn't have Twitter, that is fine as well. Just DM me first at Rob G one zero six three. We are looking for one intern for next year to be part of NAI ball. So Cody really quickly. I know we've kind of gone long. Any final thoughts for the week? I'm just looking forward to it, man. I don't think there's any rush here. We don't, you know, we don't ever have a set time every week. So uh, I'm glad to just sit here and talk in the eye baseball with you, man. But no, I'm just looking forward to this weekend. I think we're getting closer and closer to conference tournaments. And then my favorite three days in all of sports, the opening round. Opening love rounds. that Monday. To- yes, so sir. Fun. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Absolutely love it, man. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. We're just getting closer and closer. A little bit sad to think about that. We're almost, you know, we're over the halfway point now, but. Yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to we're getting to the meat of the action. I look forward to having to take a day off of work so I can watch the uh, the World Series. And it's it's something that, you know, is is going to be absolutely incredible. I'm super excited about it and uh you know, I think that that it'll be worth it in the end when when we get to the end of the road here for the season and we look back at the coverage that we've done this year and it'll be some of our best work. I think every year we get better and better, man. So that'll do it for us this week. 
course, you can find all of your new stat scores and information at NAI Ball on Twitter and Instagram. It, nobody gives you better comprehensive coverage of small college baseball and NAI baseball than us here at NAI Ball. We work for you. Cody, thank you, as always, for joining the show. You know, a, a huge thanks to Cody Butler and Connor Darnell. So that'll do it for us this week. For, for, on behalf of those guys and myself, Robbie Gutierrez, the host of the NAI Ball podcast, at RobG1063 on Twitter. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a great day and an even better.